Welcome to On the Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. Hi, I'm Andy Simon. I'm your host and your guide. And remember, my job is to get you off the brink. I have to help you see, feel, and think in new ways because when you see something and then you feel it, you begin to understand what it is. And if not, it's just this abstract thing. So whether it's a podcast you're listening to or one of our videos, it's important for me to bring people to you who are you know, thought leaders, change agents, people who are bringing something new that you can actually use. It's one thing to preach it. It's another thing to do it. I'm so delighted to have Kip Wright here with me today. And for those of you watching, he has a wonderful smile. He's an absolute gracious gentleman, but he's got something new that I think you who are in business, running businesses, managing them are going to find, oh, wow. And so let me introduce him and he'll tell you about himself. And then we'll get into this great new tool that I think is ready to. So he's president and CEO of Genuine. And he oversees all aspects of the business. It's a North America-based IT staffing and solutions provider. And he's really into staffing. Uh, He's a staffing industry veteran. He spent over 20 years working in all aspects of the industry, commercial, professional, recruitment, outsourcing, contingent. He didn't know there were that many flavors. Uh, But his past roles have included executive management with Manpower Group and Tappan and Comsys and Metamore. Um, the thing that I, I met, I, I, I met Kip through the Women's Business Collaborative. He's a guy, but he's involved in the Women's Business Collaborative with great passion and purpose because he understands, as he said to me at one point, so much of my staff are women. So many of the managers are men. What are we doing? How do we make that gender balance? We need it. But what happens in our organizations that don't work that way? So I know he's he's going to tell you about himself, but I listen to the context because Kip is a gentleman who wants to lead us into a better workplace environment, particularly as we're coming out of the pandemic and nobody quite knows what that is. So we're making it up. And maybe there's some things here that can help us make a better one that's more diverse, more equitable, with better pay and power and position for women and men. And we don't need to think too far about the gap between what is and what we'd like to do, whether it's racial or gender, it's time for some changes. Kip, thank you for being with me. Great. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. Tell our listeners about who is Kip. What's your journey like? How'd you get in? Yeah. So uh, born and raised in uh, Louisiana, uh, raised in, uh, I should say, born in Louisiana, raised in Texas, an LSU boy. uh, So I do love my uh, fighting tigers. (laughs) <laughs> that are uh, diehard NCAA football or other sports fans. I got into the staffing industry a little bit by mistake. Uh, it was one of those situations where no one ever grows up saying, I would love to be an executive in the staffing industry. Uh, but I, once I got into the industry, uh, I fell in love with it. Um, I've been in a staffing and technology services and solutions and workforce management for goodness, going on 30 years. And um, the beauty of this industry is it gives you the opportunity to truly do something unique and special for multiple parties. And what do I mean by that? Uh, In fact, when you look at what Genuine does today, it's a great example. We have a purpose statement that says, enriching lives by connecting talent. And we believe, as I've always believed with the staffing industry, that it's a connection of uh, two distinct and, and separate parties that have a unique perspective and a unique opportunity to benefit from each other. The worker 
if you will, a human being that's looking for that experience, looking for that expertise, looking for that job, whether it's to uh, continue their career, to enrich um, their career path, or simply uh, to put food uh, on the table for their families. It's an important um, it's an important step for many individuals. And for the employers, they're looking for talent that are going to help them solve their business problems. So to be in this industry is one that you find an unbelievable amount of connection of benefit, of, of, of enrichment as, a, as an individual. Um, and I, um, as I've gone along this journey, I've always been one of those individuals that's cared a lot about giving back. Uh, if you look back at my journey, uh, I spent a considerable amount of time mentoring other companies, startup companies, often, uh, in fact, uh, specifically targeting women-owned, uh, minority-owned, veteran-owned, uh, LGBT, LGBT um those types of companies where I could help create a difference by mentoring and enriching the life of somebody who was trying to get into the business and do something that I was very uh, familiar with. And so that, that, that mindset has always been with me. It's carried over from my mother and from my father and from you know, my upbringing. When I joined Genuine, I've had a unique opportunity to continue that path. And I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit more about genuine and talent path in a minute, but that's the mindset that I've always brought into the equation, which is you've got to give back to get. You've got to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And there are ways that each of us can bring our own experience and expertise to the table to do just that. You know, very often when I do workshops, a person in the workshop um, has an HR recruitment firm, and I've always been challenged by their their mindset that the, the placement of the person ended the relationship. They never thought of themselves in such a fashion as a connector. I hear you talking about this is a connection. This is a, a nourishment of a talent with an organization to ensure that we have the right person in the right job and they have the right onboarding. Um, I have a hunch you see this in a bigger light because I don't think your job is to keep moving people through the flywheel. No, I mean, for, first, <laughs> if you look at that very statement, uh, it is in, its, in and of itself insensitive, right? You, you, you can't run a business mm-hmm. when you're dealing in the services of individuals, of human beings, mm-hmm. and expect them to be treated like a commodity. It doesn't work. In fact, it's, it's been um, you know, a, a cornerstone of every business that I've ever run is that we have to focus on our consultants, on our associates, to make sure that they feel enriched in that conversation, that, that we're doing right by them, finding them jobs that are going to keep them on their path, that we're arguing and fighting to make sure that they're getting compensated fairly. Um, from a business standpoint, it makes a ton of ton of sense as well. I mean, it's so much easier to take a resource that you already know, that you've already got some experience and expertise with, that you know where their strengths and weaknesses are, and redirect them over to the opportunities that are going to be most suited for them, rather than starting from scratch. So you know, if you're treating that individual in that context uh, as just something you cycle through, you're losing out on it. And then I would say that the last thing is individuals tend to grow in their own careers and become buyers. Yeah. And so uh, if you're smart enough to realize that that's part of the equation too, you realize that there's no alternative where treating um, your uh, staffing resources or consultants as a commodity ever benefits in the long term. And you mentioned something about Genuine and how you've created a platform there that is uh, really multiplying. It's growing dramatically. Can you share that? 
Yeah, so uh, so at Genuine, um, we're in the business of helping to connect technical talent with opportunities in the marketplace. Uh, in fact, one, and, and we've taken, I should say, a very unique approach to how we do that. Um, we believe in a pretty simple statement, and that is that relationships matter. Relationships between us and our consultants, relationships between us and our clients. And if we don't understand the fit of the environment that a consultant may be going into or the consultant and their needs relative to the, the job recs that are out there that we're supporting our clients with, we're not going to make that match. And so we literally, one of the first things we did as I came on board is change the name, the branding uh, to literally say genuine and as a tagline, relationships matter. And it was as much of a statement internally so that we knew what we'd stand for as it was a declaration to the marketplace. Um, in in 2017, we really started to see a profound problem from a supply and demand standpoint. Our, our, our clients were demanding more and more technical resources with expertise that were very specific. Universities were not graduating resources that had those skill sets. And the ability to support those needs, even with foreign uh, work visa programs like H1B, they, they were insufficient to keep up. And we were continuing to see more and more interest in the marketplace for customers who were willing to say, we'd take a different solution if you had one. We made a very unique decision at that point in time to build an offering we call Talent Path. And in Talent Path, what we decided to do is not to continue to only be a broker of that connection, but is actually to create the talent itself. Yes. So what Talent Path does is we partner very closely with sources, usually universities, and there's a dimension to that that I can explain in a minute. We hire resources that have this, the qualifications, the, the, the framework, cognitive skills, EQ, ability to learn, those types of elements that allow us to then hire them, pay them a salary while they go through a three-month technology immersion that we provide. So we're literally upskilling them in very specific technologies. And then we push them out in a traditional staffing uh, business model so that our customers can consume it and try those resources. What we end up doing is we solve a unique challenge for our customers. That's a low-cost, low-risk way of accessing newly experienced talent and we launched the careers of technologists. And we're so excited about what we're doing. It is just brilliant. How long has it been going on? We, we launched it just over two years ago, and uh, certainly not the kind of offering you would want to launch in the middle of a pandemic. But we have been, uh, we've been persistent and diligent in getting through it, and uh, we are excited about the growth that we're seeing today. Yeah, but I'm in awe because everywhere I go, that's exactly the problem. <clears throat> we can complain about it. I can't find that talent. Uh, Amazon's coming into Idaho and hiring folks at higher salaries. I have to go to South Carolina and 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 hire them because they'll work for my my salary. <clears throat> but instead, what you did is let's create them, and you created a whole way of building a talent pool for you to feed uh, a demand that's going to accellerate. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Talk, I want to talk about the talent path. Mm, um, tool that you did, but in a moment, I want to talk first about what do you see coming out of the pandemic for the workplace? What do you see in the market? Mm, I bet you have some cool. I do. I, do. I love this topic. I, I, I think um, I, I, I have mixed emotions when I talk about the silver linings of COVID because I, I don't think any of us would ever want to have gone through that to reach the outcomes that we are now seeing. But having said that, there are some incredible silver linings. Um, the first is that we've redefined, 
I would say, wholesale how we look at the employer-employee relationship, how we look at workers, how we look at where workers are expected to be, and how we manage and engage them. We've had to, as a community, um, refine and become much clearer and, and, and crisper around the expectations of performance, which allows us to rethink how we engage that talent. I think there's some profound positive implications to that as a result. The second is that um, this, is, this has been the largest global experiment in remote working that you could ever imagine, and by and large, overwhelmingly successful. So um, as a result of that, um, you're, you're looking at fundamental shifts in how organizations structure themselves. And I mean, from a, from a literal standpoint, you know, brick and mortar type things. I think you're going to see some real changes in that. And then the last thing is, because we were pushed into this, into this remote environment, in many cases, literally shut down sectors of our economy, or, or we had, you know, kind of uh, isolation, if you will, um, it forced consumer, it forced, um, uh, it forced businesses to rethink how they engage with their customers, how consumers buy, how they distribute products and services. And I would say the single biggest trend coming out of that is going to be a very significant push towards digital transformation. And all of the elements that come from that, big data and understanding transactions and seeing what insights those transactions can allow you in terms of shaping your business, how you engage and building the platforms to do that. And then the obvious implications around security and, and bandwidth and, and, and processing and, and, and automation, all of that is converging at a point that says now offerings like TalentPath that are literally going to help produce the technologies of the future are in high demand um, coming out of this that never would have imagined when we went into it. And now a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. That's us. And we're here to help you see, feel, and think in new ways. Whether you are an organization that's stuck or stalled or an individual in that organization, who's looking to rethink their own life's journey. Simon Associates has designed programs and processes to help you do just that. Our first book, On the Brink, A Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Heights, told the stories of seven clients who were stuck or stalled, and a little anthropology helped them see things through a fresh lens, reignite their growth, and soar again. My new book that came out in January 2021 is called Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It's all about how 11 women, including myself, were able to see past the hurdles, the glass ceilings, and the brick walls and become the best that they could be. They heard things like women aren't lawyers and women can't lead and women aren't in geosciences. And they said, of course we are. And they really pushed through and did it with such ease that they want other women to see what's possible. At the end of the book, I provide a bit of a how-to process for you. If you're on the brink of rethinking your own life's journey, it's time to pause, step back, and ask yourself, where am I going? What's my passion and my purpose? And am I there or can I get there? Send us your emails to info at andysimon.com and we'll get right back to you to see how we can help. On andysimon.com are some free chapters for both books. And you can also join our newsletter and our Facebook group, Rethink with Andy Simon. We are bringing together women to help other women do what they can't do by themselves, very often to see what's possible and become the best that they can be. Come join us. And now, back to our podcast. 
you're going to find it hard to fill that because uh, we need people to do it. And we're a little short on the demographic stuff here. Uh, Unless you can really aim for an older workforce, because that's what we're going to be moving towards, much more so than we ever expected. But it's very exciting. I share, I love change, which is, and people hate change. So, um, and I used to tell people, if you want to change, have a crisis or create one. And nobody expected a crisis like this. But I always preach, don't waste the crisis. Um, because humans are extremely adaptive and we're agile. We've evolved over two and a half million years because we've been able to see new opportunities and take them, sometimes better or not. And now the question is, um, from a cultural point of view, a social interaction point of view, um, how we do everything, what do we value? Nothing is inherent. It is all subjective. And so the stories we tell, how we design, I love the vision that you're creating because it opens up a platform for, I don't have to do it the way I did, but I'm not quite sure how to. So let's test some things. Let's see what works. Let's use our creative, let's engage our employees in that creativity. It's gonna be a very exciting time. So with our excitement, not everybody is as excited as we are. Some people I know wanna just go back to the way it always was. (laughs) and They're gonna hang out in the bar the way it did and um, may they be happy. But you have a new tool on the market that I think is most extraordinary. I'm going to let Kip show it. And for those of you who are listening, we'll make sure we describe it enough. And then you can come and take a look at it afterwards. Um, But those who are watching, we're going to share our screen so you can see it. And I think the context in which it developed is extremely important for this workplace of the future. Because I do think that that's exactly what's inherent in this. Because some of it is the data that's going to help us drive change and see it in a new way. Kip, I'll let you tell us about how this developed and what are we looking at? Yeah, absolutely. And and to put put it in perspective, let me give you a couple of thoughts here. Um, First and foremost, uh, we we talked about some of the things that uh, the new world of work are driving. Um, I think one of the most profound opportunities that's out there is the ability to look at the workforce in a colorblind fashion, right? So meaning quite literally, um, not looking at them in terms of limiting yourself to a specific location, a specific profile and specific subset, but the ability to look at your workforce much more holistically, uh, the ability to look at your workforce in a much more diverse fashion, the recognition that diversity in and of itself is an amazing asset for a company to be able to have different perspectives and, 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 and different insights so that the products and services become much more valuable to be able to um, build products and services for the type of people that are buying them. And, and our country is, is clearly a diverse um, uh, country. And, and, and so why, why wouldn't you have that? So I, think, I think, you know, that's a mindset that I, that I think we're going to see more and more as we drive into this. And, and, and it's certainly something that we've had within our own company a genuine. When when we started the talent path offering, we re- recall that the that the model is we will partner with universities and other sources to get access to talent that we will then hire and train to become technologists. Well, if you're building the model from scratch, you have the opportunity to think outside the box and how you do that. We did that, and we said we want to go after a more diverse pool of talent that we can bring in. Why? Because we know our customers are are beginning to look at that. Number two, because we know the advantages of having diversity 
uh, ourselves. But um, if, if we're able to do that, we can actually, as a company, fulfill a different purpose, which is doing something in special giving back. And, and, and so we saw that as a foundational element we wanted to build from the start. So our program is literally designed to target and partner with universities that are often disproportionately diverse, often have a disproportionate number of first and second generation students. That gives us grit, that gives us um, a, a very different profile of a student that we can hire as a consultant, but it also ends up um, giving us a more diverse population. Okay, so that's the backdrop. When you go through our training, one of the things that we ask those, those consultants to do is to build a project that showcases the strength of their technical acumen. One of our classes happens to be around data visualization. So we call these projects their capstone, and they will build on that throughout the course of their uh, training. And in the end, they actually show that uh, in what we call a demo day. They'll show it off to the executives, myself, to others in the company, and, and often we invite customers to see that. This particular uh, web-based dashboard, which is built in Power BI, was built by one of our consultants. And he had looked at this and said, I wonder if I could take and build something that allows me to look at outside data, data from, um, you know, from, from uh, U.S. Census, Bureau of Labor Statistics, and other sources that might be able to give me unique correlations to looking at race and gender and whether or not there are some biases fundamentally in the workforce in employment, if you will, and into pay uh, inequities. And could I create the ability to look at that and to draw inferences and to perhaps maybe even begin to start the conversation? So in many respects, this tool was built as a conversation piece. Um, I, I'm not going to walk through the whole tool, but what I am going to tell you is they built it in a way which allows a very dynamic look at things. So you can literally drill in by category. You can look at things like uh, occupational groupings. Within those groupings, you can actually see the concentration of racial um, um, or even gender uh, differences within that occupation. You can look across time elements to see if that's actually improved or not. So there's some really interesting elements that allow you to do that. I was they, just having fun going through the different occupations. Yeah, it's fascinating. They, they allow you to look at Hispanic is an interesting dimension of this, by the way, mm -hmm. because um, the, our census report asks you for your race, and Hispanic is not considered a race, it's considered an ethnicity, and a binary ethnicity, either Hispanic or non-Hispanic. And so we had to tease some insights out of that to be able to look at that as an element. I was really proud of the team and their ability to look at some of these things and to be able to say, well, where where are we seeing concentrations of Hispanics vis-a-vis -vis their population percentage of yes. the U.S.? And, um, you know, really interesting, you start to look at some of the traditional areas where you, you, you're not surprised to see it. Well, in farming and fishing, my, migrant uh, farm workers, there's an overwhelming concentration of that. When you get into occupations like legal, there's an overwhelming underrepresentation. Yes. And they, they even looked at this in terms of a gender component, uh, which is for me, uh, as you know, because of uh, my participation in WBC was really interesting. Yes. But when you when you look at this, this is just such a shock to me. You could look at things like take a particular industry where women were overwhelmingly concentrated yes. in that 88 percent women in healthcare support. Right. 
why then do we still have a pay gap? <laughs> why do we still have a pay gap? And and it you know it just brings up across some really interesting questions and 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 just looking even at even at um, ethnicity um, or I should say racial differences in terms of where ethnic uh, um, yes. uh, backgrounds play versus the average median weekly pay rates and where that is concentrated by country and then then if you go back and look. You can actually drill down and see differences. One of the insights we tease out of our white paper is that it's 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 not it's actually in the fact that certain races may not have the awareness of some of these opportunities, these occupations, since they don't trend towards them, or they don't have the educational support to be able to trend towards them, and so they end up in the lower paying jobs, which is why you see such uh, wage disparity. You know, in, in our work as an anthropologist, we'll often say birds of a feather flock together. People go where they feel comfortable and safe and where others direct them. And breaking out of that is not easy. And so as we think about diversifying the workplace and creating better equity, whether it's race, ethnicity or gender, um, there's a lot of transformation in mindset and in, in colleagues. And in, I mean, breaking out is not easy. But this, when you look at it, you go, oh, my man, could you spend time talking about the stuff you can see in here, right? It's all a picture. Yeah, and it, and it's really dynamic. As you saw, you click on certain graphs and it gives you different looks. And, and you know, we we developed this. Um, as I mentioned, it was a capstone project. I, I had the team clean that up. And uh, I said, let, let, let's, let's actually write a white paper around it, which um, I, I spent a fair deal of my own time because I really wanted to tease out some insights that I thought were amazing, particularly for me, revelations as a white male. Um, so there's some really interesting insights in that white paper. But we offer this, if not, if for no other reason than as as a really interesting asset to look at as a tool to play around with. I mean, it's dynamic data; it's there, and actually, I access it through our website. And uh, it's not designed for any other reason than to simply say, "Here's some interesting data," and if we're all going to continue to work as a country towards a solution for a lot of these inequities, well, here's some really powerful information that might be helpful in starting that conversation, continuing that conversation, maybe even reaching some solutions. Well, you know, if we're going to, um, you know, Edie Fraser, the CEO of WBC, always talks about data. And um, a long time ago, I used to teach a course where data is talking to you, can you hear it? I used to do it to healthcare strategists because data can be overwhelming. Yeah. And it has a this wonderful bias of affirming your own story as opposed to open your eyes to new ones. The real part is that we see better than we read. We feel better than where our heads are thinking. So what was exciting about this was that, man, you could see on a page and then you could play around with it. And then you could ask questions and see answers almost in a moment. And I didn't have to dig far, much less into your white paper, to see wow, you know, where are the gaps and what are we going to do to address them and how can we do it? And at the end, there's a, a tool that can be used by you to see how your company is and, and what it, it's, it's like so you can actually begin to benchmark. Um, I had mentioned to you that I've been working with CEOs for a long time, but I listened to a couple of them um, really stuck on how do I create a diverse workforce? And the challenges from a staffing, from an onboarding, from a, a retention, a development, understanding where we are versus others, seeing progress are all sort of vacuums. 
And for you and the world that you're in and this tool provides a great resource to help people begin to, and I say this, see, feel, and think in new ways so they can do better. And if they can't see it, they don't know what it is and they can't feel it. Uh, you know, I just protect myself. And then I think about it and uh, now I can do something. So I have a hunch the whole point here is to help people do something. Absolutely. It's to start the conversation. That's pretty cool stuff. I don't know what you're coming up with next, but if this is a starting point. I have a hunch that your, your folks at the university are going to be finding all kinds of ways of using this. It's full of, of great data. So um, any thoughts as we're beginning to wrap up? Because I've enjoyed every minute listening to you. Yeah, I think uh, maybe a couple of takeaways here is that um, you can't you can't solve challenges unless you acknowledge that they're there and you embrace them and you educate yourself on those. And, and diversity inclusion is one of those. I mean, we, we even talked about some of the other challenges that uh, COVID and, and just frankly, just evolution uh, yes. continues to present to us. Um, you're not going to be able to solve those unless you, you address those. Um, and um, I, I, I hope that this has just been a great example of, of just that. And I'll leave you, I'll leave you with an interesting quote from a guy named George Adair. It was a favorite one of mine. Uh, I've used many, many times, and that is that uh, everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. You <laughs> talked about the fear of change. You talked about the fear of change. Um, everything you ever wanted is on that other side of change and uh, embrace it. Wow. Well, and the brain doesn't like change very much. The amygdala would love to hijack it and tell you to go away. I don't want to learn anything new. I'm perfectly happy doing. Uh, but the world's changing. And I don't think that this crisis we should waste. I also don't think it's the last one. Um, because if our talent pool looks the way our demographics are going to be, um, we don't have enough folks on the young side to replace the folks on the older side. We're really going to have to rethink what happens as they hit those retirement years and can't retire. Um, I think the whole nature of demography is destiny is going to be a great impetus for us to rethink lots of things. So the times they are changing, as Bob Dylan said to us, <laughs> I haven't forgotten. Oh, indeed. Enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you for being with me today. So pleased to do it. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, last question before I wrap up. How can they get a hold of this or can they get a hold of it? Yes, yes. Uh, if you go to uh, either www.genuine.com or www.talentpath.com, there's a link to this. You can download the uh, dashboard and you can download the white paper. Um, have fun with it. I, I'm having fun with it, but I will put that onto the blog so people can find it as well. So I've had Kip right here with me today. Um, he has been talking about this big and wonderful world of both staffing, but also the changes in our workplace and this wonderful new tool that they've developed to help you see things through a fresh lens. And I want to thank all of you who come to listen to our podcast. Your emails are always very exciting. You tell me how it's helped you with this or helped you with that. So keep them coming. Info at andysimon.com. And I do my podcasts not to monetize them, but to share great people with great thoughts with you. And the only thing I ask for you to do is share those thoughts and keep sharing them. So it's been a pleasure. Stay well and uh, see the new world that we're coming here to as a great opportunity to rethink everything that you're doing. And I'm going to do one last plug. My book, Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business is out there doing gangbusters. And I can only tell you it brings me joy to help others smash those myths, particularly women, and do better. So it's time to be the best you can be. Have a great day. Bye-bye now.